If you have your Bibles, let's open them up to Genesis 32. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jacob uh, today. We're going to go through this whole chapter, so just bear with me. It's going to be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. We're going to pick up in uh, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. We're ready. I, I like for you, be, for you guys to talk back, uh, so uh, things to say are amen. If I say something good, uh, feel free to let me know. And uh, if something speaks to you, uh, you can say, uh, preach a white boy, uh, or something along those lines I'm fine with. Genesis 32, verse 1. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named it Mahanaim. Jacob went, uh, Je uh, sorry, Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to the brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my Lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and remain there until now. I have cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, male, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. See, Jacob, um, if you're not familiar with the story and the, the life of Jacob, uh, Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Esau uh, was actually the firstborn. They're actually twins. Esau came out first, and Jacob uh, was grabbing on his heel, and that kind of set the trajectory of Jacob's life. And so uh, Jacob tricked uh, his father into giving him the birthright, the blessing of the firstborn. And so Esau was so mad, he was like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, right? Anybody have a, a, a sibling? Uh, my sister's here in the house, and I'm sure she was like, I'm going to kill you, Brad, uh, in, in our life together. Luckily, uh, uh, she she's a blessing. She loves me today. But when I was a little kid, she was like, I'm going to kill you and because uh, I was an annoying little boy. And uh, so it was kind of like that. So uh, Jacob left and uh, went to a, a foreign land and uh, spent several years there. And so now God has called him back to his homeland and given him a promise. And so that's why he's kind of like trying to, to, to send a messenger to kind of like say, hey, I'm on my way. Please don't kill me. I hope things are good now. You know, and so uh, verse six, he says, when the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau and now he is coming. Praise God, right? To meet you. But he has 400 men with him. Uh, this means that He's not coming in peace. Like It's not like he's coming with 400 people to throw a surprise party. No, it's 400 armed men that are like, we're still mad at you. We're going to kill you. <laughs> you know? And so and in verse 7, it says, In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, the flocks and herds and camels as well. And he thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. I want to ask you something, and we're going to continue, but just for thought. Have you ever acted out of fear? See, Jacob here is acting out of fear versus faith. See, Jacob had a promise from God. God had called Jacob back to the homeland to see his brother. His brother's mad, and Jacob's acting out of fear. He says, I will it doesn't say that, that God said. He said, I will divide the people 
into two groups. This is my plan. I will I'll have two groups in case one gets attacked. I'll join this group and uh, I'll leave this group because they'll win, right? And so he's like, um, I'll just like I'll just see how it all plays out, you know. When uh, I don't know why we do this as a family. Um, my family's we do odd things sometimes because we're awkward, and um, it's, it's mostly my fault because I'm awkward. And um, when we cross, when we go into the parking lots. Um, sometimes somebody will say scatter. <laughs> we'll all just scatter and run because and I figure if, if a car's coming, they can't hit all of us if we're all scattered, right? So I might lose one. That's why I had four girls. And, uh, you know, we play the odds. And uh, I thought about this. I was like, Jacob's a smart dude. I do the same thing. I, I divide my kids into two groups. <laughs> only, only, you know, if somebody gets hit, you know, they can't hit us all. Uh, I'm just kidding, but we really do that. Verse 9, it says, Jacob prayed, O God, my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, who, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I'll make you prosper. I am unworthy of all kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when, cro when crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of of my brother Esau, for I'm afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother. So now he's like, okay, let's make some, I'm going to send him a gift, you know. I'm going to uh, send him a gift, butter him up, maybe he uh, will like me, you know, win his favor. Like, Brother Esau, please like me. Here's some gifts because we all like gifts, right? Uh, my birthday's coming up August 5th. I like gifts just to give you a heads up. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I like stuff, cards, uh, coffee is good for me. Uh, August 5th. You can go ahead and write that down in your notes. It's not on the screen. Verse 13, it says, he spent the night there, and from what he had, he, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats. I don't want goats, just a heads up, uh, especially 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes, ewes, I don't know, that's weird, I don't even know what those are, I definitely don't want those, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, I don't really know where I would put all these animals, right, these are, this is a lot of stuff, uh, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys, he put them in the care, like, just give me some AirPods or something, like, you know, why would you give your brother all these things? Uh, but then he put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the, the herds. He's, he's, he's acting out of, he's, he's coming up with a plan that's out of fear, not out of faith. He also instructed the second, the third, and all the others who followed the herds, you are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us, for he thought, I will pacify him with gifts I'm sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. Verse 22, we're going to spend some time here, and this is going to be kind of our main section for, for today. The night Jacob got up, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at Jabbok. After he had heard 
or after he had sent them across the stream, he sent all the all his other possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with him. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. But Jacob, or Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed them there. So Jacob called the place Penel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him, and he passed Penel, and he was limping because of his hip. Can we just pray one more time? God, we love you. God, I pray that you would just speak to us, God, that you would challenge us by your word this morning, Father God. We open our hearts and our ears to hear your word, Father God. We pray that, God, that we would be changed and that, that we would leave here differently today, Father God. We give you all the honor and glory in your holy name. We all said, amen. Have you ever wanted something so bad you were determined not to give up until you've obtained it? Until you've, you've got it. When I was a kid, I, I loved to ride BMX. And um, so I, I, I don't know. I was probably eight, nine. I don't, when you get older, like, everything just kind of blurs together. And um, I always say the other week. Like, it could be two years from, from now. But I was like, the other week. And, uh, and they were like, that was two years ago, Dad. I'm like, it was a couple weeks ago. But... Um, when I was a kid, I had a, a bike. I loved riding a bike. And um, me and my cousin, uh, we would build the coolest ramps. It was before X Games. And so I like to say I'm an early adopter. Like, I kind of started the X Games when I was eight uh, with some plywood boards. And uh, we found some milk carton um, crates. Uh, and we're like, we're going to build the best the coolest ramp, and we're gonna get so much air off this. This is a so like a great idea. When you're when you're young, uh, science says that your frontal lobe actually doesn't develop until you're about 25, and so you make poor decisions until you're about 25, and then and then because I think I'd probably still have done that when I was 20. But um, so we built these this ramp, and and I had this this bike, and 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 my bike wasn't like the coolest bike in the world. I think it was actually called the Rainbow Jumper, which uh, I don't really think is a cool name for a bike, but uh, I wouldn't call my bike that now. But it was called the Rainbow Jumper, and um, and I was gonna I was like it's called the Rainbow Jumper, and rainbows are really tall, and I can get major air on this, right? And uh, little Brad's eight years old, and so we built this this amazing ramp, and it was it was literally. Uh, sheets of plywood and some milk cartons and we stacked them together and, and, and put the plywood like that and my cousin's like uh, you go first. I'm like of course it's my house. I built the ramp. I'll go try it. So I, I, I go way over here into the backyard 
and this is like kind of on the side yard where we built the ramp and i'm gonna get a lot of speed because i'm gonna get lots of air and and so uh, i'm building up speed i come around and i'm riding it and uh, i'm heading towards it and it's uh, like this is gonna be amazing and uh and i hit the the first board and the whole thing just like falls apart and i, I come off the seat and hit the handlebars and i'm blessed to be able to have kids today and um just saying this is just putting that out there it was amazing and so uh, i talked a little higher pitched for a while and uh and it didn't work out but i loved i love riding bikes and um we, we had these power lines and and so i would go down to the power lines and they actually had dirt jumps and and i would ride and then i i found uh, an amazing discovery uh, a kid uh that was in a neighborhood across the way had built this really cool like track and it had dirt jumps and and he was really good and I was like I'm gonna ride with you and I'm gonna be amazing and so I was riding and he was like getting lots of air and and just he was really good and I'm like he was probably a year or two years older than me and I was like man you're amazing and he had a bike called a dyno nitro is a GT Dino Nitro, and I was like, this is the coolest bike ever. If I get rid of my rainbow jumper that weighs about 500 pounds and get a Dino Nitro that literally you could just pick up with one finger, I will be able to jump dirt jumps and do amazing, like, I'll be, I'll start the X Games uh, in Douglasville, Georgia, and I, and I, and I was like, okay, how do I get this bike? I don't have a job. I'm eight years old, but I was so determined. I was like, I'm not going to give up because I'm, I'm going to ride. I'm, I'm going to be like Crew Jones. If you don't know who Crew Jones is, you're not cool. Um, it's uh, It was from an 80s movie called Rad. It was released in, I think, 86-ish, uh, and um, he rode bikes, and it was amazing. It was my favorite movie of all time. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to get this bike. So I, I saved all the money that I had. I had a birthday coming up. Um, and just like I do now, it's August 5th. Uh, I don't I don't want a new bike um, this year, but uh, I do like cash. So, um, but just like then, I was like, Mom, tell everyone that I want cash for my birthday because I want this bike. And so uh, after my birthday and saving up and, and doing some odd jobs and just begging, and I think I might even had a, a cardboard sign next to Walmart saying, Please support my bike fund. It was before we had GoFundMe's, because I would probably have just started a GoFundMe, but that, there we go. And it was for all that. And so um, finally, I, I had enough money, and I, I, I convinced my parents, I think, to meet me halfway uh, to support my, this bike. And so that was their contribution. And so I finally got the bike, and it was amazing. And I jumped lots of jumps with it. And and it was incredible. And it was it was a, a big feat for me though because like it wasn't easy to raise. Like I think the bike was like four hundred dollars, and and back then that was a lot of money, especially when you're eight or nine. It's a lot of money for me now, and I'm thirty six. You know, so I'm like four hundred dollars. I'm like what? And so um, it was a lot of money, but it, I was so determined to do this, and it was something that I was not going to give up for. I wonder if there's something in your life that, that you want so bad that you were not willing to give up. 
that you're willing to experience the discomfort, you're willing to do things uh, to, to make it happen. Vince Lombardi said this. He said, the difference between a successful person and others is not the lack of strength, not the lack of knowledge, but rather the lack and will. A lack and will. What is it that you want that you're not willing to give up? Jacob stood at the bank of the Jabbok River. He was standing there alone. He was afraid. He was distressed. He was scared for his life. And he stood there. He had come up with a plan, but you know that plan was kind of like, eh, I'm probably going to lose one something that I love. You know, like he has like, okay, I have lots of family. So it'd be like me taking my kids and being like, okay, Bella, Layla, you're going to be over here. Okay. And um, Savannah and Lorelai, you're going to be over here. Me and your mom are going to stay back here. We're going to see who gets killed first. And we'll just take the other two. You know, like something was going to lose. And and he's standing there in the Jabok River at the shore. He just had sent his his last people across the river. The, the water's hitting his feet. He's standing there and it's dark. He's by himself. He's scared. He's distressed. He doesn't really know how it's going to play out. He kind of has a plan that he came up out of, out of fear, not faith. He has a promise that he know that God, that God had spoken to him. And he's standing there in the river. And then it says, he began to wrestle a man. It's kind of an odd story. I'm like, okay, first of all, where did the guy come from, right? He just, like, appeared. And how did you start to wrestle? Like, it doesn't tell you. I'm, that's, like, one of the questions I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. Like, can we just replay that? Can I just see it? Like, did, did like, a guy, like, bump into him? He's like, hey, man, what's, watch where you're going, you know? There's only so much room in the river. Duh. You know, or like what happened? Like there wasn't Bruce Buffer, Bruce Buffer to say, let's get it on. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. You know, no, there wasn't that. Like, I don't know how it started, but we know that he's there by himself. He's scared. He's distressed. And there's, there's no sound. There's no light. I don't know. Like we were so used to at night. There's always lights on, right? At camp, there's this, this field. And in this field at night, there's no lights. And it's, it's the darkest field you'll ever be in. It's like, it's kind of creepy. Like, and, and so, like, he's at this, at this river. He hears the sound of the river. The, the only light he really has is the stars. There's not floodlights. There's the, literally, we live in a world that is saturated with artificial light. Come on, they'll preach. And he only had the, the light of the stars. And then all of a sudden, a man started wrestling with him. And they began to wrestle and and they're 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 struggling. He he's sweating. He he doesn't know really what's going on. Kind of put yourself in Jacob's shoes. He's like it, it just like erupted. He they're they're wrestling, they're struggling and the man says that that he says let me go for daybreak is starting to come. 
And Jacob wasn't going to let go. And then the, the, the man, later on we find out it's, it's actually a manifestation of, of God, uh, an angel, if you will. And, and he, he realizes that Jacob isn't going to let go. Jacob's not going to stop. And so he displaces Jacob's hip. Right? It says that basically he dislocates Jacob's hip. He touches Jacob's hip. It dislocates. I, I don't know if, if, like, just saying that, I don't think we really grasp the, the concept. He, he dislocates Jacob's hip, right? You dislocate my hip, I'm stopping. I'm just going to lay there. I'm probably going to cry. I'm like, yeah, wrestling, wrestling match is over. You won. I'm good, you know, like, no, but Jacob, I mean, this is Jacob, the heel grabber, he, this is his life, he's like, I'm not going to let go, he didn't let go of Esau when they were getting, when they're, when, when they're uh, at birth, he, he, he wasn't going to let go, he was determined, he was going to get the blessing, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me, he's hanging on even through the pain and the discomfort in which his hip was dislocated. They say, I was looking up uh, hip uh, dislocations, and um, be careful what you Google, especially on Google Images, uh, especially if you're eating. And um, because di hip dislocations, is, they say a lot of times it takes tremendous force. A lot of times it happens in, in uh, car crashes or, or uh, uh, high-impact sports injuries. Um, and basically, your your hip uh, socket comes is pushed out of the socket up here, and so uh, to 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 fix it, they have to uh, put you under. It's not something they can fix uh, under a local anesthesia. They literally have to put you under, and then basically just with their hands pull your leg until it pops back into socket. And so. Uh, kind of understand that, like, like Jacob, he's wrestling with this angelic being that probably has a lot of force because, I mean, he's angelic being, like, he's God, like, so they're wrestling, they're struggling, and Jacob has a, basically a broken hip, and he's not letting go, you know, I just imagine the angel's like, let me go, and Jacob's like, I'm not going to let go, you know, he's hanging on his leg, he's like, let me go, it's almost daybreak, and he's like, no, unless you bless me, unless you bless me, Jacob held on, check this out, we have to experience discomfort sometimes to experience breakthrough, come on, sometimes to get the breakthrough that we need, Sometimes we have to experience the discomfort. See, in America, we don't like discomfort. We don't like to be inconvenienced. We don't like to feel discomfort. Um, that's why we uh, love opioids, um, pain pills, and anything to make things. Uh, we we self-medicate a lot uh, because we don't like to be in discomfort. Recently, I had uh, hernia surgery, and um, it's been about two months ago now. And I could tell you the the pain after getting two hernias fixed, especially when you're only expecting one hernia, uh, is <laughs> there's a lot of discomfort in that. You don't realize how much you use your abdomen uh, until you uh, 
either get a C-section like my wife had four of them. Come on, she's a, she's our three of them, and she's she's a beast. And uh, at our our hernia surgery, I was like, yo, every time I cough, laugh, sit, sit, up, uh, move, roll over, uh, like my abs hurt. This is not okay. Discomfort, and I don't like taking pain pills, and so I was like. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to tough this out until the pain block wore off. And Monday, I literally, I was like walking like this. I'm like, this isn't normal. This is not this. I think I'm dying. And so I called my nurse. I'm like, hey, I literally think I'm dying. I don't think this is normal. I think something's gone wrong. And she's like, and is this, this, this? I was like, yes, yes, all that. She's like, are you taking your pain medicine? I'm like, no. She's like, idiot, take your take your take your pain medicine. That's why we give it to you. And uh, and so I was like, yes, ma'am. And so I, I took it, and it, it it made me feel good. It made me sleep. It uh, it made the pain uh, honestly just bearable. It wasn't it didn't go away, but it made it bearable. We like we like to be comforted. We like we don't like to be in discomfort. We. Me and uh, Rihanna, we, we work out. It's our, our gym date, we call it. Uh, and we were really faithful up until about my hernia surgery. And then we rolled into three weeks of youth camp, and then we went on vacation. Well, this week, we, we kind of got back to our normal schedule. And uh, Thursday, I was like, let's go to on our gym date. And uh, it's a time where we connect and we work out together, and it's, it's great and it's glorious and it blesses our marriage. And um, and so we're working out, and we like to squat. Um, well, I like to squat. I make her in and squat. I think she likes it too. But before uh, before surgery, I, I I got up to my uh, about 345 pounds is what I was squatting, and that's a that's a lot of weight on your back to squat. And I'm talking about I don't like do the baby squats. Like I I judge you. Like be careful going to my gym because I'm gonna judge you. And uh, and because like guys like put a lot of weight and then they do this number. I'm like, they dude, that's not even a squat. Like go all the way down and all the way up. So I'm like 340 pounds going all the way down and all the way back up. And um, and so it's been a while since you know hernia surgery. I don't want to get another hernia. I'm like, that's terrible. I'll never do that again. Um, I'm, if I get a hernia again, I'm literally just going to fast and pray that God heals it because I'm not going through surgery again. <laughs> and if he chooses not to, it'll just be my thorn in the side, uh, like Paul. And, um, and so, uh, so we we're like, let's go back to the gym. So I'm uh, like, I'll start really light because I don't want, I, I'm, the doctor said, listen to your body, start out light. So I put 70 pounds on the bar. I mean, that's a far cry from 345 pounds. I was like, this is going to be easy, right? And so, <laughs> We're getting it. It's been about two months since we worked out. And then Friday, I was like, oof, my legs are sore, you know. And uh, and then uh, we went to Whitewater, walked all day there, was uh, walking through the, the, the lazy river and stuff and climbing the stairs to go down the water slides. And, and then Saturday hit. And I tell you what, we both were like, I just want to chop my legs off. This is terrible. Like I'm, I'm okay with not having legs. Like this is awful. Like I mean, it's, it's like you know, anytime your abs hurt, you do an ab workout. You realize how much you use them. You can't sit up. You can't, you know, the kind of just be honestly using the bathroom stuff. Like you, you just kind of like you, you get as low as you can, and then you just plop. You know, <laughs> it's like oh god, I need a rail to hold on to. Somebody help me. And um, it's terrible. It's terrible. But to get where I want to go, I have to experience that discomfort. 
to get back to where I want to be, to get that breakthrough I want and be able to, to lift more weight, I'm going to have to experience the discomfort. We, in your life, you need breakthrough for something. We all do. Whether it's, it's a marital situation, whether it's financial, whether it's depression, whether it's, it's whatever you're struggling with, we all need God to break through in our life. Maybe it's a dream. It's something God's called you to and you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. We need breakthrough in our life, but sometimes we need to experience the discomfort because the discomfort's the growth zone. The discomforts with the growth growth zone. How much do we want to break through? How much do we really want it? See, Jacob was willing to experience a dislocated hip to get his breakthrough, to get his blessing. Jacob was facing something pretty bad. His brother was literally going to come and kill him and his family. He was ex- he, uh, he was facing four hundred armed men, and then I just. You know, he, he comes up with a plan out of fear, not faith. Come on, to come to the breakthrough that we need, man, we have to come to God in faith. We have to come at our breakthrough, our circumstances, what we're facing in life with faith, not fear. See, Jacob had a promise from God. And can I tell you that if God has promised you something, he's going to see that through. If God has given you a promise, he's going to see that through. If he's called you to go back to a place where you have to face something, and can I tell you that that we can't just bury things and not face them because they're always going to come back. You're Esau, you're going to have to face. And it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be hard. But if we face him with a, with faith, and, and, and if we, we take that in prayer and we begin to struggle and wrestle with it, God will bless it. See, sometimes we try to make things happen on our, by ourselves first. When the whole time God is asking us to bring it to him. Are we trying to do something out of our flesh? Or are we trying to, oh, oh, the whole time, you know, God's just saying, bring it to me. We just sang it. We talked about coming back to the, the arms of a, the open arms of a loving father and, 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 and the song that we just sang. Man, God is saying, bring it to me first. Bring it to me first. Sometimes we try to make things happen on our own, by our own strength, when the whole time, man, God is asking us to bring it to him. Bring it to him and and, and prayer, and begin to wrestle with that, and begin to, 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 to struggle with it, and, and God will come and, and bless us if we don't give up. See, Jacob never gave up. What if Jacob said, my hip hurts, I'm good, like, I, I'm done, like, what if he had never done that? Man, many times we try to make things happen on our own. Jacob sent gifts, he, he made a plan and, and had two camps. See, the blessing was not because of his ability to fight or wrestle, but it was a reward for his tenacious dependency upon God. See, the blessing came because Jacob had to be dependent upon God. 
It, it, God blesses not our ability to make things happen in our flesh, but God blesses a tenacious dependency on him. See, we have to be dependent on God, and God will make those dreams, those, those things happen for you in your life. That breakthrough will come when we begin to be dependent on God. See, God blessed him, and, and he, he crossed the, the, the river. He crossed the river, and it says that he was approaching his brother Esau, his Esau, Esau had 400 men, armed men with him. Like Jacob didn't have a chance. He didn't have a chance against Esau. And he approached Esau, and it says as he approached him, he began to, to bow down. And it said he did it seven times. And then Esau comes running to Jacob. He didn't come running at Jacob because I believe that God had changed Esau's heart. I believe that Jacob began to wrestle in the spirit and began to struggle to, to travail in the spirit, to begin to, to uh, pray and wrestle with God over the situation. Not that, that God was at a contest with Jacob. It's not that God is, is withholding a blessing from us, but sometimes God wants us to come to him and begin to wrestle with things in the spirit because when we pray, it changes us. It doesn't change God. See, when, when God, Jacob was wrestling with God uh, through the night, it didn't change God at all, but Jacob was forever changed. See, Jacob after that had a little bit of a limp. He could point back to that point that spot where he, he wrestled with God. And I believe that in our lives, we all need to come to God and begin to wrestle. And I don't mean to, like, fight God over it. Like, God, I'm going to fight you because then, <laughs> believe me, God would kick your butt. Um, but we need to take this issue and begin to, to, to fight for it. This morning in prayer, and we have morning prayer, uh, the leaders do. We, we begin to wrestle. We begin to fight. We begin to intercede for the lost. And I believe that God will bless those who pray. C.S. Lewis wrote, he said that I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping and check, it, just check this out. It says, it doesn't change God, it changes me. See, that wrestling, that, that prayer changed Jacob forever. It changed the trajectory of his life. It changed the heart of Esau and how Esau responded to him. See, Esau ran to Jacob, threw his arms around Jacob, brought him in, and began to kiss him. And, and, and then Jacob said, Brother, I'll, I'll give you all this stuff. And Esau didn't even want his crap. He said, no, keep your gifts. I just want you. He said, just, I want you. He began to kiss him and, and, and bring him back into relationship. See, J Jacob wrestling never changed God, but it changed Jacob forever. It changed everything. That encounter with God, that blessing changed everything. I think too many times in our lives, and this is what God's really been speaking to me, and I'm not just preaching at you, but I'm just sharing uh, basically from my heart, too, that 
man, God's been really dealing with me recently about um, the power of prayer and and the lack of, of prayer. See, Jesus in the temple, he said, my house will be called the house of what? Prayer. He, he flipped over money tables. He, he cleared out the money, the money exchangers. And he said, my house will be a house of, of prayer. Not even of community, which community is good. We love community here. We believe in community. Not of outreach, not of evangelism. We love those things too. But above everything, he said, my house will be a house of prayer. While we were, on, uh, me and my wife were on vacation, we we visited a church and um, church was great. We, we we walked in, you know, they had loud music. It was it was very cool and trendy. Um, the the worship band uh, was was incredible. The, the musicians were outstanding, just incredible. The facility was amazing, except they didn't have carpet. Uh, Bella Maholdis was like, Dad, they can't even afford carpet in this place. And I was like, no, they, they mean to do that because, you know, they serve free coffee. If they spill coffee, they're not going to stain the carpet. Uh, and uh, But she was judging them hard for no carpet. But the facility was amazing. We walked in. We felt welcomed. Uh, they they took our little littlest one, Savannah, back to the kids' uh, area. Kids' area looked phenomenal. All the workers looked amazing. It was, it was an incredible place. Uh, the pastor had a, a good word. He he uh, kind of did an interview type thing with this this man that um, came to the faith. He was actually British, and uh, it was really cool just hearing them talking. This this British man, uh, how he uh, came to the faith and and finally accepted uh, God. It was good. Uh, we did communion at the end. But the one thing that that stood out to me is the lack uh, of prayer. We had. Uh, I think one prayer the whole the whole service, one and I mean the one prayer, and they sang some good songs, but the it just felt empty. It just didn't have the power that that you know you just couldn't feel the power of God, and it, it kind of grieved me a little bit. And I, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I mean, um, but I will say this that. There's a lack of prayer, and there's a lack of just presence of God. And, and I believe that prayer, prayer is, is the thing that, that Christians need in our lives. We need prayer in our lives. Jesus in the garden prayed. Jesus in the garden wrestled with God, and it changed him. See, Jesus was fully man fully God, who's the Son of God. And he, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's, he's facing death, and he, he, he knows what he's about to walk into. And he goes and, and begins to pray. And he asks his disciples, he said, he brought uh, a couple of disciples with him. He said, stay here and pray. I'm going to go ahead of you, and I'm going to pray. And he begins to pray, but this prayer wasn't, God, uh, let your will be done, not mine. No, he, he began to wrestle and began to, to travail, to, to take this. You know, he began to pray. You know what I'm saying? And, and God began to move. It says that he prayed so hard that his sweat literally became blood. 
the upper room. The upper room with the disciples. Jesus has, has died for our sins. He's, he's resurrected. He went away. He, he appears to the disciples. He says, look, go to this place and, and wait and pray. He said, go wait and pray. And they went and they prayed. They began to wrestle in the spirit. They began to pray for God's gifts like, to come. And it says that finally, after, we're talking about days of meeting together and praying for, for not just five minutes, I mean hours of struggling in the spirit and, 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 and wrestling, grappling, and putting forth effort in prayer. And then finally it says that when they were in one mind and one accord, one mind and one accord, the Spirit of God came. House of prayer. I think prayer in the Christian's life is grossly underestimated. I mean, when's the last time you prayed? And I mean, when, when I mean pray, I mean really prayed like it depended on you like you really needed it. like you're you're not going to get up until you get that breakthrough that you need i think oftentimes we we miss the breakthrough that we need because we don't pray like we need it not that god god's a loving father and god's going to give us good gifts and god hears our gifts but prayer changes things and not only, it doesn't change God one bit, but prayer in these times of wrestling and, and wrestling and prayer, man, it changes us. It changes us. See, we have breakthrough when we begin to wrestle through problems and don't give up. Man, when we don't give up. See, God blesses the tenacious dependent attitude towards God. When we are fully dependent on God, that's when he begins to move. As the band comes uh, and we begin to close, I want you to just hear me out just for a few minutes because I, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. I don't want to just talk about prayer. Um, one thing God's been, been really just challenging me in my faith uh, is prayer. Man, I, I mean, the disciples came with Jesus when Jesus needed them the most. He said, stay here and pray. And they they began to pray. Jesus came back um, after praying, and they were asleep. They were knocked out. They are you know, like, I, I've prayed those prayers, right? I mean, let's just be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you can be honest with me. You're in your bed. And you're gonna say your prayer, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna pray to God. I'm, I'm in my bed. It's, you know, I like my room cold, but warm in the blanket. So I'm warm in the blanket, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pray. Man, I'm gonna pray. I'm like God. I pray in the name is, you know, like because <laughs> it's all warm and snug. And um, too many times, I think we miss, we miss the blessing. We miss the breakthrough because. We don't know how to wrestle in the faith. And prayer is much like anything. It's a discipline. 
it's a spiritual discipline. It's, it's like a muscle that you have to begin to work out. As a young Christian, uh, uh, we had this thing called Power Source. And Power Source was an uh, incredible uh, discipleship program our youth did. And, and part of the, the, the um, course or the discipleship program was that we had to pray. And we had to limit our television. We had to limit our screen time. And we had to read and pray a certain amount of time. And as a young Christian, you know, especially just getting saved, I mean, I was really raw. I didn't even really know how to pray. I was just like, okay, God, um, I'm going to pray to make it today. Hey, hey. Um, that's MC Hammer, if you don't know. Uh, but it was it was awkward at first, you know. I was like, I'm, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm doing, God. You know, this is kind of awkward, and I just began to talk to God and tell Him about my problems and read my Word. And through this program, man, I began to develop this discipline, I began to develop this muscle in which I could use in prayer. Because at first, it it does seem weird because it's not natural for us to do. It's not in our flesh to do. But in the spirit, as we begin to to flex this muscle, as we we begin to use it, it becomes easier. Uh, And I want to just encourage you, and I want to give us time to pray today. Um, and we're going to have the worship band and they're going to be playing but I want to give you an opportunity to bring something to the altar and turn this altar into a wrestling match there's something that is in your life that you need breakthrough for I, I just I truly believe that God has sent me here with a word for you to encourage you, to give you a space to wrestle with something. To begin to pray like Jesus prayed. See, Jesus, we just see a snippet of of his prayer in the garden. But he was there for a, a long time. It wasn't just, God, let your will be done and not my will. See, God, Jesus didn't really want to go to the, the cross in his flesh. He, he didn't want to experience but through the wrestling and the spirit, he overcame that and it changed him. And he was empowered through the spirit to do something that he didn't want to do. See, he was empowered to go to the cross because of the prayer in the, in the garden. There's something that in your life that you need to do. Maybe it's something you need to face. It's something you need to bring to God this morning that you need to wrestle in the faith and see the good thing about this morning is you're in the sanctuary. Sanctuary is a safe place. Come on. 
The sanctuary is a safe place. The, the sanctuary is a place where the uh, a body of believers that can pray with you, that can believe with you, that can support you. It says that the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful. It, it calls us to lay hands and to pray for each other. Come on, we need to support each other. But today is going to be a day where God's house is going to be a, pr a place of prayer. We're not going to do anything else until we pray today. I, I believe that God is going to move in, in your life this morning. What is it that you need God to do? What is it that you need to see God to do before you? See, Jacob needed God to cross that river. He needed God to do something. He needed that blessing from God, and he wasn't going to give up until he got it. What's something that you've given up on that you know that God's called you to? Maybe it's something that you've been feeling and you're just like, I don't know if it's ever going to change. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's something. Look, I'm here today because people prayed. I'm here today because of praying wife. I'm here today because somebody went into the throne room of God and began to wrestle for me, began to stand in the, in the gap and began to pray and to wrestle and to be able to fight for me. And I believe that you're here today to do that. I'm here today because I went and I began to wrestle in the prayer, in the room of prayer. I was distraught. I'm telling you, I've, went, I've walked through things. I, I, I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to have something that, man, you're like, God, I need you to do something. God, I, it, something has to change. Come on. Every head bowed, eye closed.